This is Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone. Dubai I 103.8. Yeah, big thanks to the team uh, down at ICD Brookfield Place. I've hot-footed it up the Shakeside Road to make it into studio uh, for, well, the most dynamic hour of broadcasting on Dubai I 103.8 FM each and every week. Why? Because round about now, uh, on a Tuesday morning, we do starting up with... Virtue Zone, and it's live here on Dubai I-103.8 all the way through till 11am. However, it continues thereafter, because as soon as we go off air, a team of Virtue Zone, who are pretty much shot on 24-7, are picking up your questions and delivering you answers and advice, courtesy of their online presence. At Virtue Zone, that's at Virtue Zone. Hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone. Hashtag be your own boss. Uh, Search for Virtue Zone. You can find them on all the social media platforms. They've got a great interactive website as well, where you can interact uh, with the uh, team over there at Virtue Zone uh, and get your answers to the questions. This is starting up with Virtue Zone, and we're live here on Dubai I 103.8 FM. You're listening to Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtue Zone on Dubai I 103.8. Lots to look forward to this morning, talking cybercrime and hacking and how you can protect your business. According to reports and statistics, cybercrime is increasing around the world with threats getting more and more sophisticated. Trend Micro's recent report saying here in the UAE that 78% of businesses were impacted by ransomware in 2020. That's up from 66% the year before. And guess what? It's not just affecting the big businesses out there. We've been contacted by many, many startups who've been experiencing threats online. Shortly, is speaking with a cybercrime expert who will explain how these attacks uh, actually work and what you can do to protect your business. We'll also be hearing from a founder, uh, another founder, somebody who's been there, done that, and probably printed a few T-shirts along the way, uh, who in fact was recently a victim. doesn't matter what um, size your business is, uh, we can all be um, victims. Equally, if you've got any questions with regards to starting up, maybe you have started up and you've hit a bit of a hurdle, uh, maybe you are thinking of making the jump. Uh, maybe uh, you are mid-process at the moment and need a little bit of advice and help. Well, we've got the team uh, that can right here uh, in the studio because uh, we uh, have all the crew from Virtue Zone with us uh, online and in person. I'm also uh, then the founder, Mr. Neil Petch, who is alongside us at the moment. Uh, Mr. Petch, good to have you on board or well? Top of the morning. It was my birthday yesterday, Tom. Oh, happy birthday, pal. Yeah, about 20 years ahead of you now. No, you're not. <laughs> no, you're not. You're only as you're only as old as anyway. Well, you know, you're Which only means as old as sager business advice. There apparently. we go. There we go. Standing that little bit taller. Uh, uh, so good birthday celebrations. Fantastic. The nice. team hit their targets, which was the best thing. <laughs> End of the month, hit their targets. Exactly. That's the advantage uh, of having May thirty first as your birthday. Is that the best uh, birthday present you could have been given? It certainly was. Uh, great to have you. I missed you last week. Um, Thank you very much. I, I well, George it. is pretty pretty sexy. On air, though, isn't George it? was uh, he, he he bought the, he bought the uh, the Hajaj, uh, expertise to the to present, so it was good to have him. In. And it's good that you don't have him on today because he was listening to the ice hockey at four in the morning. <laughs> really? Yeah, you can't. You can take the man out of Canada, can't you? <laughs> 
Uh, right, we have plenty to talk about. Uh, before we get on to some of the big news stories of the day, uh, it's become something of a tradition to have a bit of a Virtue Zone catch-up. All been well at Virtue Zone HQ this week? Yeah, we're super excited by the news that I think you were talking about on the business breakfast today. So I, I just think that the economy is, is having an amazing time. You picked on it, the traffic. You don't really need to read your notes about the traffic, do you? You know it's busy, you know there are queues, and, and you know that things are pumping. Uh, we will dive into some of those big stories now with well briefed the business stories you need to know this week the amended commercial companies law allowing foreign investors and entrepreneurs to establish and fully own onshore companies will come into effect now that's right today according to officials it's set to boost the country's competitive edge and facilitate business uh, john martinson valerie chair of the bbg that's the british business group right here in dubai and the northern emirates uh, was speaking to us a little earlier on today on the business breakfast live from icd brookfield place spoke to richard who asked him how much of a big deal is this and you know as we've spoken about for ages there's there's a lot of devil in the detail but it's here now. So the federal law has been passed, it's been gazetted. But now there are some challenges, I think, through um, local government departments to knit it all together to be able to deliver. But it's, it's, it's enormous. It's a really big deal for FDI. Devil's in the detail. Uh, well, Neil and his team have been going through those details uh, throughout the course. Um, I mean, this has been a long time in the making, hasn't it? This it certainly has, and it's historic, Tom. I mean, you've got to think about, uh, you know, the dredging of the creek by Sheikh Rashid, the forming of Jabal Ali Free Zone, and now this huge barrier being removed. It's massively positive. I think that uh, internationally people are going to be picking up on this. Their confidence and trust is going to be heightened. And now, as, as John said earlier, it's, it's how it's knitted together, how the left hand talks to the right hand that's very important. So, uh, Neil, I mean, a lot of people, I've got loads of questions on this one. We'll get to some now. We'll get to some a little later on. Uh, but a lot of people are going, yeah, but what about Virtuzone? What does this mean for Virtuzone? Because there seems to be this misconception from people out there that the doing away with the need for a free zone would be a bad thing. Um, but it's not exactly that, is it? I mean, this is, this is, can only be good news for you. No, absolutely. I mean, there are so many free zones around the world. I think we, we went to a free zone conference in, in South America. They have 3,200 free zones in, in, in one country. So they still have an incredibly important role to play. And I think this what this perhaps will do is make each free zone specialise a little bit more, play to its strengths a little bit more, which is obviously perfect. But I think that for the majority of people listening, the situation is simply that more people are going to be coming in, more people are going to be setting up companies. There's still going to be some requirement. I mean, we can look to Singapore and Hong Kong um, to see how things develop. There's probably, you know, to have some form of local agent, perhaps a representative on the board, who knows. Saudi Arabia, for example. Saudi Arabia makes a huge amount of money from corporate tax. Um, foreign companies that are owned not by a local, they charge 25% corporation tax, whereas it's two and a half if a local is, is the owner of the company. So th these sort of things where we don't know where the rules are going to go. Another example is, is if you're a branch of a foreign company in Dubai, you no longer need a local agent. 
So what's going to happen to the bank guarantee? Because what we don't want is foreign companies working on a project, not succeeding and jumping on a plane. So the banks are going to have to work with the administrators, perhaps to raise the bank guarantee to check that that doesn't happen. Because much as we as entrepreneurs want to save money, we also want to make sure that if we pay for a service, we get it. Mm. Does this... Uh, rule or regulation? Does that does what's happening today? This amended commercial companies law does it change the role of Virtue Zone at all? No, I think it's exactly the same. Which is our job is is it it, it is still a somewhat circuitous route mm. to get your best company formed. As as we mentioned, fifty six free zones, seven mainland jurisdictions, and each of them is going to be particularly good for a particular purpose, and that's going to remain. In fact, you could argue it's going to get even more important to choose the right route. And if you end up waiting because you think that you can have 100% ownership, you can build a school tomorrow, or you can build a hospital tomorrow, and it's going to be very easy, you're going to be waiting a long time because, for example, to build a, a hospital, I think you have to have 100 million in, in, in the account. So it's advice like that, that we can hold people's hand, and, and you know, because time is money. Um, loads of questions, as I mentioned, with regards to this particular subject. We will get on to those questions in due course. Why we got Company Clinic a little later on. Thank you very much indeed uh, to all those that are having their say. Um, uh, Claire Williamson's, who's been in touch with us with about 100% ownership, etc. Uh, will, will, I said, will make time to answer a number of these a little later in proceedings. But uh, before we do that, Neil and I are just going to look at some of the other big stories of the week. Uh, Microsoft, they've announced that applications for their growth X accelerator program now open part of a larger strategic partnership between microsoft and the abu dhabi investment office adio uh, to accelerate opportunities in the emirate for startups the growth x program designed to bridge the gap between corporates with challenges and startups with solutions and it empowers b2b startups with technology mentoring and market access that they need to thrive in the new global digital economy another good move for the market yes yeah, fantastic increasingly small companies can have the same solutions that large companies do through the cloud, through through services sold on a subscription basis. And, and so I see increasingly the importance of the Microsofts and Googles and, and Apples in helping uh, businesses start up and making sure that the, the cash drain isn't high right at the beginning. And that's it's that government-private partnership, which I think the UAE is very good at and which VirtuZone tries to encourage both sides to get together. And, and you know, that's a, that's a brilliant example. Well done, Microsoft. Let's talk generation game now because Gen Z, don't ask me what that I, the, the, the demographic is on that one, but Gen Z or Z depending on where you're from, are increasingly interested in becoming entrepreneurs and founders, according to the latest report from learning company Pearson. Its 2021 Global Learner Series shows that the pandemic has impacted the career view of students. 53% of college students saying they are interested in being an entrepreneur and starting their own business. Interest in this, because are we seeing a change in, a change in the guard, if you like, of... You know, when you and I were at university, when we were at further education, you sort of thought you'd come out of, a, out of your, your further education, you'd come out with a degree, you'd join a company, you'd learn the ropes, etc. You'd take experience from that and then Absolutely, move on. Absolutely, yeah. Be a, become a bank manager, become an engineer, become yeah. a doctor, become a lawyer. And, and, and then uh, you have fathers like us, Tom, that say, well, that's going to involve about 60 hours work a week. Yeah. Better be an entrepreneur. Yeah. And then you fall into being an entrepreneur and you realise it's 120 hours a week. <laughs> 
<laughs> but is it becoming more attractive, do you think, for, 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 for graduates and students and those coming into the workplace? I mean, I, I have found the, the interest in entrepreneurship and actually the enactment of it in the UAE more than I've ever seen before. And I wonder, right. is that simply because of the time of my life that I'm here or is it because of all the factors coming together? And I, I, I mean, as VirtuZone, we set up three, 400 companies a month. I, I don't know any other countries that that's happening. We were talking to an equivalent company in Singapore and, and Hong Kong the other day and they were blown away by the figures that the UA is putting together. So I, I think that there's a certain secret source in, in Dubai, but in terms of Generation Z, um, yes, I think that they're seeing, you know, they're, they're seeing their parents working from home mm. over the last year and a half. That's probably catalyzed the situation as, as well. And, and they are, you know, they're, they're, they're being told to explore their mind and reach out and hit for the stars. So that's great. Uh, one thing you must be aware of is uh, the rise in cybercrime. Uh, as Neil was mentioning there, more and more people working from home. That has uh, created something of a haven, a heaven, if you like, for cyber criminals. as uh, people's firewalls uh, remain a lot easier to breach if you're not uh, within the fortress of your office building. That's not to say that offices themselves can't be breached as well. They have been in the past. In fact, we're going to be hearing a couple of stories of that in due course. But listen, if you are starting up, if you want some advice on how to secure uh, your intellectual property uh, from cyber criminals, that is all coming next. Startup Spotlight. Cybercrime is a big issue for a company of any size. In fact, we've got GSEC going on at the moment right here in the UA, bringing together uh, cybersecurity experts from across the globe to discuss not just issues of cybercrime here in the UAE, but, uh, as I said, around the world. We have been getting a bit of feedback here at Starting Up with VirtuZone from a number of small businesses who've been uh, affected one way or another by Cybercrime, particularly those who sell online via social media platforms. Uh, one of those is Jodie McDonald, who founded her company, Desert Totes, in 2019. Here's Catherine Cunningham with more. Desert Totes is a Dubai-born business that's known for selling handcrafted bags and towels. Its founder, Jodie McDonald, worked as a sales director before turning to life as an entrepreneur. As a new mum, I wanted to create a business that complemented my busy family life at the beach and outdoors. All our products are handcrafted using traditional methods, resulting in authentic and unique pieces. She sells her products on Instagram and pop-ups across Dubai, but just five weeks ago, she was the victim of a cyber attack, leaving her shut out of her online business and having to start again from scratch. Happy to say that uh, Jodie's been able to join us this morning, uh, live on the line, but also live via Microsoft Teams. It's a warm welcome to the founder of Desert Totes, Jodie McDonald. Morning, Jodie. Good morning, Tom. Good morning, Neil. Great to have you with us here this morning. Um, okay, just alluded to there by uh, Catherine, our producer, was the cyber attack that affected you. Tell us more about how it happened. So it was a busy uh, Sunday morning um, with lots of sales coming in. Um, I received a message through Instagram um, stating that I had breached copyright. Um, and in order to prevent my account from being uh, stopped, and frozen, I just needed to complete a justification as to what happened. It was at a time when I'd posted a, um, 
a, a post on uh, having a ladies' night. So I thought perhaps I'd actually breached. So I went in, followed the uh, the link. It was all through Instagram. And within seconds, uh, somebody had taken over my account, changed the authentication mobile numbers, and I received a text message through WhatsApp stating, now I own your account. And, and that, I suppose, was... The, the the initial threat i own your account what 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 came next a, a demand yeah so for um the next stage was that you know what you need to do um and you need to pay me mm. um and at which point i have a social media manager i sent messages to her saying <laughs> you know what do i do um and you know obviously um we weren't going to pay at that stage but um he then started sending messages, or, or they started sending messages, I should say, um, of screenshots of customers chasing us um, uh, on a regular basis. How did the process? How long did the process go on, and, and how has it affected business today? So I was getting taunting messages and screenshots of my customers chasing me for over two and a half weeks. Um, on the day of the crime, it happened at 10.45. Um, by the afternoon, I had logged it with the cybercrime police, of which a few days later I received um, a phone call back um, explaining to me to follow. And I'd obviously logged it also with Instagram. Um, I then followed the correct procedures with Instagram and because he had taken control of the account, I really couldn't follow their flowchart or the cybercrime flowchart. So it was kind of in an unknown box. Um, business stopped, just stopped. I had no means of, apart from if I had a savvy customer that saw my mobile number, which he kept on there for two and a half weeks, um, they were calling me or... He was posting on stories stating that the account was for sale. He was demanding money. He went from a, a very, you know, a large sum of money that um, down to a very small amount over a two and a half week period. And in terms of where we are today, um, have you been able to uh, salvage uh, any of those uh, current cli- uh, the, the, the customers, the, the previous customers? Have you been able to salvage uh, the platform, the site at all? Yeah, what's been, I mean, what's been amazing is the, the community, the, the small business community that found out about uh, what had happened to me, reached out to their customer bases and communicated my situation, not, not so much in, um, as we had been hacked, uh, but, you know, because it's quite a sensitive uh, topic, but mm. more that, um, you know, Desert Totes have now started up. After a couple of weeks, I realised I couldn't sit back. and This is my own business. I couldn't sit back. I had uh, 4,500 followers a big business that was um, gaining momentum and building, I, I couldn't sit back. So I set up uh, a new account. I set up the new account the day it happened um, and uh, I just let it dormant. Um, and two and a half weeks um, uh, later, I uh, started communicating on this new account. Mm. Um, the moment that that happened, Instagram, I think, actually um, shut down my old account mm. um, and um, therefore then I didn't hear anything from the hackers. Neil, is this something you're hearing more and more again? 
Actually, I supposedly sent emails to all my heads of department telling them to transfer money to my account yesterday. So, Jodie, well, I, can, I, can, I can empathise with you. Well, I, I suppose it would have been nice to receive some <laughs> money, but it wasn't me. It was uh, someone pretending to be me with an email that vaguely looked like Neil Patch, but uh, wasn't. So, Jodie, my heart goes out to you, my goodness. And someone that's prepared to do this, if you do actually cough up some money, how are you going to trust that they're actually going to give you the the site back? Manchester United were hacked. Manchester mm-hmm. United were told by, I think, UEFA, and if you pay, then you're going to be in trouble. So they were stuck between a rock and a hard place. It, you know, it just shows that you need to build um, the, the, the moat around your business to protect it right from the start, because that's, that's a shocking story. Because, I mean, in terms of the support you got, Joe, I mean, you mentioned there that you'd, 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 met, you'd reported it to Cyber Security Police you brought it to Instagram. Um, did you get help? I got help from my community. Mm. Um, there was another lady that had had the same experience, um, Heli, from My Little Loves blog. Um, she gave me a lot of advice. I got help from the local community um, in which I operate in. Um, the police were responsive, but I got nowhere because I, I was outside um, the kind of flowchart, if you like. Mm. Um, the thing that's really lacking is it's so sensitive and it's so personal. You don't know what and who to talk to about it and how public do you go about it. Mm. And and the advice, you know, there's no... or I couldn't find any support system that were professionals in PR. Like, what, what do we actually communicate to our customer base um, and, and how do we communicate it? Um, until, you know, at, at which point um, I got to a stage where I've got a, a huge business here that I need to keep going. Um, and um, I've just got to be open and, and tell people. Personally, I was hacked. Um, and I'm still here. Luckily, you know, we've gone from zero to um, uh, over a thousand followers. We just hit over a thousand followers today. In, so that's in a matter of two and a half weeks. Um, we've got, you know, we had the right influencer strategy that was great, gaining momentum. So we will quickly get back there. Um, I've lost money. I've lost, you know, I have indirect channels as well. I supply um, TKD, Dubai and Abu Dhabi and, and the Park Hyatt and the Creek. So those revenue channels were still going. Um, so it's, but, a, you know, those- it's a question of trying to rebuild those bonds of trust, I'm taking it. Yeah, absolutely. And also to let people know that we are no longer in your um, in your follower yeah. base, you know, um, but it's been a blessing in disguise as well. You know, we've been able to take stock um, uh, in a backwards way um, and, and do other things to, to secure us moving forward. Horrible situation and one that you wouldn't want to wish upon your, your worst enemy. But in, given what you've been through, given the experiences you have been through, you're going through at the moment, uh, for those listening on, advice to others when it comes to trying to avoid situations like this? I mean, firstly, uh, speak to a security specialist Mm. um, and making sure your small business is secure. But secondly, uh, you know, just slow down. And if it if it, you know, if it's outside the norm, think about it and take a second look. And I think, you know, certainly that's something that I would look I would do again. Anything that is asking me to justify an action, which, you know, I thought was okay. You know, we really do need to slow down and and question things. but, you know, these, these social media channels are big, <laughs> you know, they're big animals. 
I suppose when we make mistakes, we have to learn from them. And, and Jody, that's a terrible experience and, and uh, just shows that, A, on the good side, as you said, you've already managed to build up a huge number of followers very, very quickly to catch up to it. But you've set your business, you know, your business was set back by, by a huge step. So it's, it's to remind oneself about the foundations. So we were talking about Microsoft earlier, Tom. So, you know, uh, we at VirtuZone provide our customers uh, Virtue Tech, which has awesome security in it. We're going to be talking in a minute to mm. another VirtuZone customer who provides consultative advice on, on this. So I think that uh, listening to Jamie's yeah. plight, we're going to set something up so that people can come in and get some tips on what to look. And the obvious one is any external link before you click on it, make absolutely sure that even if it says from Neil Petch at Virtues and mm. check the email address, check that it, it is what it says it is and don't, never, ever, ever put a password on. Well, we uh, we feel for you, Jedi, uh, and, and, and kudos to you for, for rebuilding as well after what has been a very difficult time. I mean, to that end, uh, if people want to find out more about the real Desert Totes, uh, how do they get in touch now? At deserttotes.com uh, and at Desert Totes. So www.deserttotes, uh, uh, our um, website will be launching in a couple of weeks and at Desert Totes on Instagram. And that's Totes, T-O-T-E-S for all of our listeners and viewers. Jody, uh, really appreciate you sharing your story with us. Hopefully it will act uh, as, um, well, an inspiration to others to, to, to make amends as well. And we really do hope that you're able to build up exactly where you were at uh, in super quick time. Jody, thanks so much indeed for being with us. Thank you very much for your time. Jodie McDonald is the founder of Desert Totes. Uh, she was joining us live on Microsoft Teams. You're back with Starting Up with Tom Urquhart and Virtuzone. Only on Dubai I 103.8. And I've got none other than the chairman and the founder of... I'm, I'm fair to him. And he's Tom. fair as well, to be fair to him. He's very fair. Uh, Neil Petch is with us here from VirtuZone. We're taking your calls. We're taking your questions as well. number of ways for you to get them into us at VirtuZone. Hashtag starting up with VirtuZone. Hashtag be your own boss. We're talking cybercrime today. Uh, hacking and how you can protect your business on starting up with VirtuZone live on Dubai I-103.8. As you've just heard... From Jody from Desert Totes, cybercrime is a very real threat for entrepreneurs and startups. And as we've been hearing, it can wreak havoc on a business. Uh, Mimecast's latest report revealing 86% of respondents had experienced disruption, financial loss or other setbacks in 2020 uh, due to cybercrime. So what can uh, startups do better to protect themselves. Well, we're going to be joined now by uh, a man who's currently the Chief Technology Officer of Digital Bank Finvault and sits on the board of Panthera Labs Security, a global security, uh, global cybersecurity consultancy. Uh, previously, he was the Chief Security Officer uh, Kareem and Dark Matter. He's joining us live uh, via Microsoft Teams and also on the line. It is, uh, it is an absolute pleasure to welcome uh, Chris Papathanasu to, to the Stir to the uh, proceedings this morning. Chris, always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much indeed for taking time to speak to us this morning. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, Chris, um, it is an issue. Uh, there is no better time to be speaking about this given the fact that we have, of course, GCAC going on uh, just down the road from us. We're hearing a lot more about ransomware and phishing emails. Um, but do we really understand it a lot more? Can you 
explain what these terms actually mean? I think a lot of people nod away when they talk about phishing emails, but does anyone really understand them? Yes, absolutely. It's a, it's a, it's a global pandemic right now that's affecting um, hundreds of thousands of businesses. Um, and what these attackers do is that they're, they're, they're very opportuni- opportunistic. They try to send emails to businesses and to individuals uh, that, that try to trick them to do an action that um, will result in, in, in those attackers either gaining access to, to somebody's PC or to somebody's um, company's network. Um, and, and typically what these emails look like is um, they, they look fairly official. So, so somebody might say to you, for example, um, we see this a lot with banks, for example. Um, and what we see is that, for example, an, an attacker might email you and say, um, please, you know, we're updating our bank systems. Please log in um, to re-enable your account. Your account's been blocked, for example. And for all intents and purposes, it has all the right logos. It looks very official sounding and it has a sense of urgency. So typically when you get an email which, which asks you to do something and there's a sense of urgency, right away you're, you, you, you should look at it a bit more closely. Um, if you're unsure, um, you should call your bank potentially um, and, and just verify the authenticity of the information. Um, in, in Jody's case, where, where it's something coming, let's say, from Instagram, it's, it's a bit harder to do that, mm. right? Um, it, it's, it's, it's much harder to do that when it's something coming from Instagram. Chris, can I ask, um, uh, there's, you know, there's two yes, things, right? There's, there's technology um, and, and then there's human error. How, how much of this would you say is, is actually humans trying to break into the system rather than AI or, or whatever? I would say it's 99% humans trying to do this against other humans, right? So it's um, malicious individuals trying to target businesses just like Jody's. And protecting ourselves against this, again, I I guess that would mean that the majority of it is trying to eliminate human error by by advising people the things to look out for, as as you've just done. Absolutely, um, absolutely. So, so we should be extremely vigilant when when we're checking uh, when we, when we receive emails that have a sense of urgency to them or ask us to log in somewhere, verify our car details, you know, um, verify our, our Instagram details, um, uh, or do something that that we're prompted to do via an email. We should um, we should check uh, the URL. Uh, the website that we're being redirected to to make sure it's it looks authentic. Um, sometimes what attackers do is that they they create like copy copycat websites that that look very very similar uh, to the authentic ones. It's very easy, even for a cybersecurity expert who, who's aware of all these things, to fall prey more so than somebody who who isn't aware. So. Uh, we should always exercise an abundance of caution. Yeah. When, and Chris, um, you you well, represent well, you yeah. represent a digital bank. I represent Virtuzone. Both our companies have access to incredibly confidential information on behalf of our customers. What should companies cool. like ours be be doing, both on on the technology side and and just to make sure that our customers can feel safe that their data is is okay there. 
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that question, Neil. Um, so uh, as a bank, we, we have um, a, a large amount of countermeasures that we take to, to ensure that our customers' information is secure and safe at all times. And it starts with the way that our information is stored inside our system. So it's, it's always stored in a way that it can only be read uh, by <clears throat> specific individuals and under very specific uh, circumstances. Um, and in addition to that, just like um, we, we, we hire cybersecurity experts to look at our systems, make sure they're, they're, they're fully secure, um, the way they're developed, um, it is done in a very secure way, um, and uh, and we constantly test our systems to to make sure that um, they have no no holes that would allow uh, a malicious individual to to enter and, and cause a similar type of ransomware attack. Um, we we've seen massive ransomware attacks out, um, across across the world. There, there was a, there was a very large one in the U.S. Um, just a few weeks ago that disrupted a, a massive oil pipeline um, that, that supplied uh, gas to, to, to the south of to the south of US um, that resulted in in that company having to pay four million dollars of ransom to those attackers that were based in Eastern Europe and I guess we've all seen uh, we've all seen the Leo uh, DiCaprio film catch me if you can there's an element of uh, poacher turned gamekeeper to this i presume the people who are best able to to spot these mistakes may in the past have had a little bit of experience themselves so how, how does one embrace that that's that's a great question i mean um predominantly what we've seen is that a lot of these individuals tend to be um you know, below the age of 25 or or along those um predominantly fairly young individuals and, and at some point they grow up and they, they find themselves with uh, a very good skill set um, that is that is very much in demand in the in the in the gamekeeper world uh, uh, it, it, as cybersecurity consultants so a lot of individuals um, uh, eventually turn turn good but uh, it, it's a matter of educating individuals at a very young age to not use their talents for, for bad purposes, no, no matter how, how alluring or, or financially rewarding it might be. Um, it, it is crime at the end of the day. Um, and to, to use our talents towards good. And there's lots of efforts um, happening right now, even in this region, even in Abu Dhabi, for example, there was a hack in the box uh, exercise that happened last year that um, the previous year, um, that, that was a massive conference that, that identified young talents um, that were super strong in engineering and science and technology and said to them, uh, well, you know, like we, we can see you have a natural talent towards, towards the sciences and, and the engineering sciences. Um, why don't we help you gain some exposure into cyber as well? So, so teaching, um, you know, these individuals might end up becoming cybersecurity consultants or yeah. they might end up... Um, um, becoming the, the future um, I individuals that protect 
large organizations from from these types of cyber attacks. Chris, we quite often hear as well, sorry to interrupt, we quite often hear about um, how the ransoms being demanded aren't the sort of ransoms that you'd see on a Hollywood film uh, that can be quite manageable uh, on occasion. If that is the case, and if these cyber criminals are looking for a sort of scatterbomb approach of targeting numerous people rather than major corporations, especially when it comes to SMEs and startups, there might be those out there that go, oh, you want you know what, it might just be easier to pay this and get on. Should you ever pay the ransom? Well, by paying the ransom, it perpetuates it perpetuates this, right? So, um, and it means that it, it emboldens these, these attackers to, to do it to others because they know that the, the ransom will be paid. So, of course, it, it is a massive dilemma because... Um, by paying the ransom, you get all your files back, and 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 those those files might be worth much more than the ransom. So it does become very much of a commercial discussion whether you should pay the ransom or not. Um, so there, there's there's pros and cons to it. My 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 suggestion would be not to. Um, however, you know, some, sometimes businesses say, well, you know, what what. The, the ransom is much less than what we stand to lose. Chris, uh, I'm going to I'm going to call yep. you up after the show, and we're going to get you in, and we're going to ask you to give, give it some lessons in in excellence to to our customers because this is you know Jody Tom is such a good example. Unfortunately, the worst thing about this is the people who are perhaps weakest, who don't have someone to reach out to in their own organisation, don't have a head of tech, don't have. A, a Chris that they can reach out to immediately are the, are the ones that have the least software in place and the least training and so on. And, and so, you know, I know that the UAE authorities do actually have, you know, there's a lot going on behind the scenes. But it, again, I, I think it's, it's about communication. It's about letting people know what the steps are. Uh, to fall into place. And then as, as happened to Jody, the steps were supposed to be that she log into your account and report the error. Well, I can't because I don't have access to my account. Just to conclude on this one, Chris, I mean, um, we started this conversation spurting statistics that seem to suggest that uh, cybercrime is very much on the up at the moment. A lot of people saying that's got something to do with work from home or going out the office, etc. Um, uh, bad news for a lot of small businesses, startups, SMEs, bad news for large franchises. Uh, but I suppose keeping you in business at the moment, if things uh, like that, if these figures are to be believed are you seeing an uptick in cybercrime we are absolutely seeing a massive uptick right now particularly driven by work from home um with with more people kind of working from home in environments that you know their home environment is potentially not as secure and um from a cyber perspective uh, as the workplace environment because in the workplace environment there's there's a lot of technologies that typically protect uh employees uh, from cyber attack, uh, but when we work from home with with our um, connected to our directly to our Etisalat or Duline um, and and accessing corporate resources um, and potentially using our own personal computers rather than our our corporate computers to do so, uh, that introduces additional uh, opportunities for for attack, and we're definitely seeing similar types of statistics on our definitely seeing a massive uptick. And Chris, for, for those listeners that are thinking, oh my goodness, this could happen to me, um, tell us a little bit about Panthera Labs. 
Yeah, sure. So Panthera Labs is a cybersecurity firm. Uh, we're based in the UAE. Uh, we're based in London and, and Ireland. Uh, our clients are, are very small businesses, just like just, um, um, and they also range to, to very large corporate enterprises and very large financial firms. So, so we deal with a broad spectrum of clients. And, and we help clients uh, both in the preventative steps. So how do we how do we make sure our organization is is uh, how, how do we prevent such things happening from the very early stages all the way to oh my gosh it happened who do we call to help us and sort this out um, and everything in the middle Chris you're a good man really appreciate your time this morning thank you so much indeed for joining us uh, that is the uh, chief technology officer of digital bank Finvolt uh, who sits on the board of Panthera Labs Security a global cybersecurity consultancy a big thanks to Chris Pepperthan I'll see you for joining us live on the line Company Clinic uh, so we've got uh, Neil Petch with us here in studio. He's the uh, chairman and the founder of Virtue Zone. This is their hour. It is uh, starting up with Virtue Zone, um, and it is a rather significant day for us to be uh, having this conversation because today's the day that people have talked about uh, for well quite some time. As Richard Dean was mentioning a little earlier on, you know, when he was writing for Gulf Business back in the day, he was talking about the potential of this. That was over twenty years ago. So. It comes as nothing new. We are talking about the amended commercial companies law, which basically allows foreign investors and entrepreneurs to establish and fully own onshore companies. A lot of questions coming in about this one. Obviously, Virtues Zone make this their business. This is what they do on a daily basis. This is what they live and breathe. Claire's been in touch. Uh, query about 100% ownership. Can existing companies, uh, i.e. SME, with a local sponsor be restructured to go... Uh, to let go of the local sponsor. Is that something that's possible? Well, the great thing about a mainland company, an LLC, is that at any point you should be able to change your sponsor. We've had quite a few examples where it has been made difficult, where people have been intimidated and and so on. But yes, I, I, I would obviously encourage you to go and speak to the professionals, find out the best way to do it. Normally it might be at the time of your renewal, for example, and presumably over the next few weeks, as uh, uh, John Martin St. Valerie was saying earlier from the BBG, we're going to get more clarity. At the moment, each emirate is interpreting things in different ways. So, for example, any any trading company in, in Dubai, you can now operate without having a local partner. So just check check up on that situation, prepare yourself for it. And I would always advise anybody, what you want is a company structure that enables you to make decisions fast, mm. enables you to retain ownership, allows you to have the IP. So for example, still it's going to be perhaps a good thing to have the IP owned in an offshore vehicle, whether that be an ADGM, whether it be a BVI, whatever. So you know, structuring your company is something that attracts you to investors and that, and that builds the foundations correctly. Another one that's come through, again, same sort of subject. What do existing businesses operating in free zones get out of 100, 100% ownership? More competition from new companies who can operate with low-cost light overheads and regulations onshore. Well, look, 
Having a, a free zone uh, company, there are a number of other benefits. Mm. It's generally speaking, it, it is, it, it's structured more simply. There are, there are certain tax guarantees from those free zones. So I would encourage you to speak to each individual free zone or, or a company such as Virtue Zone that, that knows the best and, and can listen to what you're trying to do to find it. So it's still horses for courses, Tom. But definitely what I think is really, really good is that the government are understanding that the startup sector is what makes the economy come back. And we're seeing this, you know, whether it be because our vaccination drive is better than everyone else. I heard from a CEO of a huge property company here the other day, 60 billionaires have come into yeah. the UAE and are residing here. Now, the trickle-down effect from, from that is incredible, and it's going to influence you. So be ready to take advantage of it. And if you can own 100% of the company, happy days. And I suppose that is what's going to drive the interest at the moment when you see See those positive stories coming that we had. Who did we have on yesterday? Lux Habitat, um, uh, Sotheby's Realty, they came on and they were talking about, you know, the supply and demand. There just isn't the supply there at the moment for these these mega mansions. Because they that take three years to build, right? Yeah, exactly. At least. Yeah, exactly. Um, and the Waiting lists at schools, you know, the whole, the whole thing. So, so to that end, with the trickle down that you're talking about, good time to set up, surely. Extremely good time. But you'd expect me to say that, Tom, wouldn't you? <laughs> Set up with Virtue Zone. Why not? <laughs> uh, lots of people talking about what's going on uh, out there with regards to the market at present. So I really appreciate uh, all of those thoughts. Right, it's about it from myself and Neil live here today. Thanks so much indeed for your questions. Listen, if we haven't been able to get to your question, worry not because uh, we're going to be handing over the reins to the social media team uh, over at Virtue Zone who are online and waiting for your questions. So if you've got any questions for them, uh, please do uh, hit them up. Up round about now at Virtue Zone hashtag starting up with Virtue Zone hashtag be your own boss you can get onto the Virtue Zone website just search for it in any great uh, internet engine and that will point you in the right direction and enable you to interact with them in real time uh, Neil can't thank you enough it's always good to catch up with you my friend thanks boss uh, we will should we do it again next week absolutely let's do it again next week we do it every Tuesday between the hours of 10 and 11 this is uh, starting up with Virtue Zone it's live on Dubai I 103 point eight.